Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time, work, Friends, family, expect you to be on 24-7? Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. The Arizona Cardinals select Kyler Murray. And the 2019 Offense Rookie of the Year is Kyler Murray. This year's most valuable player, Lamar Jackson. He jumps it himself. Look at him jump back and forth. Oh! He broke his ankles. He is Houdini. Touchdown. Patrick Mahomes with a rope. Chiefs. All right, guys, welcome back to the Establish the Past podcast presented by Clutch Points. I am your host, Blake Lovell. With me is my co-host, Dylan Reagan, and we are back for part two of our uh, mock draft extravaganza here. And uh, if you're just joining us for the first time, uh, we would highly suggest that you go back to our previous episode, uh, and listen to uh, our picks for one through eight in our mock draft. And uh, the rules, again, just to repeat them, uh, we are alternating picks. Dylan won the coin toss, got the first pick, and uh, no surprise, selected Joe Burrow with the pick for the Bengals. And we have alternated picks from there. So we are basically uh, in the draft rooms for these teams, uh, making our selections. And Dylan, uh, as we were laughing about before we started this podcast, uh, I think our, our preparation for this podcast probably would have been a, a, a wild and crazy episode of its own uh, with you and I trying to figure <laughs> out uh, potential trade opportunities here and what could be uh, the wildest part of the draft when it comes to trades uh, with these 9 through 16 picks. Yeah, we've already done two trades. I know we, initially we t- said we were only going to do a max of three. Might, now that number might be four. We've already agreed to a, our third trade coming up here. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll discuss our whole thought process, as Blake mentioned uh, we probably should have started recording so we could have thrown in a couple of our <laughs> negotiations or how, you know, looking into the mind from each team all at once, what they're really thinking, uh, you know, what the capital they have to give up and ultimately why we made the trade uh, that we did um, and how it works out for everyone. But yeah, it definitely, I will say we, yeah, we started with one team trading up and then we uh, switched it around. So, uh, I mean, it, it's, uh, it seems like at this point, like you said, going into the draft, no matter, you know, what actually happens, obviously we're having some fun here, just, uh, thinking about what could happen, but uh, we can feel fairly confident that there's going to be some movement at this point, and uh, the, the theme of this episode will definitely be wide receiver and offensive tackle. Yep, it will for sure, and just as a teaser, as we said, if uh, we left off with number eight pick, but 
Uh, it wasn't the team that was originally there to start the draft. So if you want to go back and find out uh, who was the team that made the number eight selection, uh, go back, listen to that previous episode of the podcast, and just go ahead and subscribe while you're at it because we're going to do this in four parts uh, as we lead up to the draft. And, again, this is part two uh, of our mock draft, and we will get things started, Dylan, with your pick, uh, number nine, with the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars on the board. Yeah, the calm before the storm here with the <laughs> all the drama that's about to come up. But with the Jaguars, uh, we've talked a lot about how this team is clearly just, uh, you know, rebuilding from the top down, uh, really stripped, a, a, you know, apart their roster. It's compared to where they were a few years ago when they made the AFC title game. It's almost unrecognizable. So in terms of what you could think of, uh, there's all these offensive tackles we're mentioning that are available that could fit. The one big thing for the Jaguars, I still think they want to look on the defensive side of the ball here. Well, we talked a bit before the podcast about how they finished 31st in defensive DVOA against the run. If you can't, I mean, uh, overall in the NFL, if you can't stop the run, that's a problem. But in a division with Derrick Henry, uh, now you add Dave Johnson to the uh, the Texans. Uh, there's some interesting things there. Uh, I still think they have a long way to go. So there's there's a number of different guys that could target here. I look at their their pick later in the first round, where maybe there's still one of the, the better corners available. So at number nine, I'm going to go here with uh, Javon Kinlaw from Auburn, uh, just beefy, huge uh, defensive tackle that can really plug up the holes and at least take them from one of the worst run defenses in the NFL to a, at least probably you know in the 20 range, hopefully, this first season. But I think Kinlaw will quickly uh, fit right in there, and I don't think it'll be too big of a problem. If Derek Brown had been available, maybe they would have you know had him a bit higher in their list. But uh, in our previous episode, Derek Brown went to the Panthers at number seven. So, yeah, we'll go with Ken Law here to the Jags at nine. Yep, two of the best uh, linemen in the SEC last season. Uh, as you said, we, we've already got Derek Brown off the board uh, from Auburn. Javon Kenlaw, uh, what a great career. Uh, South Carolina with the Gamecocks, and uh, no surprise. Yeah, I mean, mix, those, mix those schools up just now. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> Again, the SEC, as we know, um, it doesn't matter. Just, just attach the school to these guys, and we know there's going to be a lot of <laughs> SEC players um, that are going to go uh, in the top portion of the draft, but uh, yeah, you look at Ken Law. We mentioned his backstory too. Uh, just a great backstory. Um, you know, started off homeless and and now uh, about to get a big payday uh, in the NFL with one of these teams. And and that seems to be uh, you know the common theme is that uh, he could wind up with the Jags um, potentially. I don't really know if you look ahead if anyone else uh, above this spot would consider it again minus uh, any trades. Uh, but uh, mm-hmm. this is the one that seems to be getting uh, a lot of attention, just like Derek Brown to the Panthers. Uh, it seems like these are the two spots where you're going to see uh, these two impressive defensive tackles uh, wind up. And as you tease, Dylan, uh, this was the call before uh, the storm in our edition of the mock draft uh, because we have another trade. This, look at this, back-to-back picks for me. Uh, just <laughs> trading all of I'm just wheeling and dealing and um, trying to get all kinds of trades here. But uh, we do have another trade at number 10. And first off, we'll start with why we made this trade. And I think even before I make our pick here, Dylan, I'm gonna we're going to go back and forth on this because um, we put a lot of thought into this. And uh, we, we kept looking at it because here's the thing. We know pretty much these next spots that are coming up in the draft are going to be defined by wide receivers and offensive tackles. Like that's going to be your run here. You know, every draft we have a run on a certain position this is where it comes, I think, right through here where you're going to see offensive tackles, wide receivers. They're going to be a lot of these guys off the board, probably in this 10 to 15 type of range. So we looked at it and said, okay, the Cleveland Browns are the team that are supposed to be here making their pick at number 10. 
we know the Browns more likely to take uh, an offensive mm-hmm. lineman than they are a wide receiver, but knowing the teams that are behind them with the Jets and the Raiders, there are also a couple teams behind them that are trying to snag one of these wide receivers. And so, Dylan, ultimately we went back and forth on this. We actually started this conversation with looking at a team like the Cowboys. Um, they're at 17, and what would they be able to do to trade up? We looked at what they had. Honestly, could be a little tougher for the Cowboys to trade up mm-hmm. because they may not have you know, the draft capital and all that to make this move with the Browns. So then we went to the next team, and we had settled on the Denver Broncos being the team that was going to trade up to number 10. Well, <laughs> We, we, we went back and forth on that. The Broncos do, you know, I think have some ammunition there to be able to move up to this spot. And, and as we talked about, we wouldn't be surprised to see that. But ultimately, we wound up putting the San Francisco 49ers here at number 10 with the trade with the Browns. And, Dylan, there was a lot that went into this. Um, and the reason why we went with the, the Niners is because they want one of these top wide receivers. I think we know that. And so we have traded the Niners up to the number Mm -hmm. 10 spot with the Browns. We're going to move back to 13. And with the pick for the Niners, um, I'm going to take one of those three wide receivers that are being talked about the most and maybe taking the one that people expect to go behind the other two uh, and selecting Henry Ruggs from Alabama. Uh, I think that may be a surprise for some people because a lot of people expect Jerry Judy to be the first Alabama wide receiver off the board. But we talked about on the, the, the draft, I mean, on the podcast before. These two guys, a lot of speed. Um, they're great at what they do, and I don't think anyone could go wrong with either one of them. The speed for rugs, I think, is something that could be very valuable to the 49ers, and that's why I think they maybe beat the Broncos to move up to number ten to grab them. Yeah, we we looked at it, you know, thinking from the point of view of both the Broncos and the Niners at the same time, simultaneously, what they're looking at. The Broncos have, you know, uh, they have a lot of third-round picks. They have some different things they can offer to move up. But the Niners, uh, we, we felt like the Broncos would feel okay still at 15, yep. uh, getting one of the offensive tackles that's still available. Whereas the Niners, we look at a scenario where possibly the three receivers go in a row here. They're sitting at 13, and then what do they do? Ultimately, that sense of urgency with where they are right now as a franchise, a team that has done so well in, in, in terms of acquiring draft capital, building uh, with really uh, sound draft strategy, but not a team that usually trades up. They've, tra- uh, you know, but in this case, we thought it made sense um, from their point of view. And yeah, Henry Ruggs fits really well into Kyle Shanahan's offense. It makes a lot of sense. And for the Browns, from their point of view, in terms of this whole trade and why they're so willing to move back, I mean, they they know even if the Jets at the next pick took offensive lineman or offensive tackle, there's still so many great options there. They get the extra first round pick. And really for them, I mean, at this point, they're still going to be winning with whoever they get. So it made sense for both sides. Um, and the Niners probably don't need that 31st overall pick as much as the Browns, but obviously they could have used it. But in this case, they couldn't mess around. So, yeah, it made sense after we talked through the whole thing for them to, to beat Denver to that number 10 pick and ultimately take Ruggs. Yep, Ruggs with that 4 2 at the Combine. And uh, as we said, I think the, the Niners were the team that had more to lose here than the Broncos because the Broncos staying put, they're still going to probably get a very good pick and, and one of their needs is going to be addressed there with the Niners. I think they're they're zoned in probably on receiver. And so, uh, you know, it probably wouldn't have been there. I think if they would have the state back, but you never know. Uh, again, we don't know it. And if they would have, they may have been the spot where they would have took maybe, you know, the third choice that they had of those receivers instead of their first choice. So 
they move up, grab uh, Henry Ruggs uh, in our mock draft here, uh, and as we said, trade away uh, that number 31 pick. Uh, that takes us to the number 11 pick, Dylan, uh, with the New York Jets. So we mentioned uh, some possibilities for them maybe to move up, uh, but we are going to uh, pick the Jets uh, to stay put here at number 11, and uh, they are going to select. Yes, I will. <laughs> I, I did think about offensive linemen on offensive tackle, too, for them here despite the receivers that are still available. I think the fact that uh, with Jerry Judy still there, I don't think they're going to pass on him. As much as the Jets need help on their offensive line, their receiving corps are just not they're just, <laughs> just not premier by any means. I don't think you want – you know, Brashad Perryman's improved, absolutely. Jameson Crabbe is a solid receiver, but these guys aren't uh, front-of-the-line uh, talents that you really want to lead your squad, especially now with the Jets, the Patriots, uh, with Tom Brady gone. Are you what are you trying to do here? It's year three with Sam Darnold. Uh, we know how valuable the rookie quarterback contracts are. The Jets won some games down the stretch last year. What, regardless of our questions overall, the team uh, they still have you know some talent. And in this case, it just made too much sense not to pass on Judy. Uh, they can they can still figure out uh, you know beefing up their offensive line otherwise. But Jerry Judy is just such a next level talent that at least for me I know leading into the uh, or mock draft to talk just how in my mind he kind of stood even with Ruggs being as talented as he is and we're going to get to another receiver I believe <laughs> pretty shortly here but for me Jerry Judy is just a, a, guy, a kind of guy that you just can't take your eyes off of and for the Jets in New York I think with Sam Darnold that's going to be a huge weapon for him now protecting Sam Darnold again it's that I really went back and forth you know thinking about this initially but as we discussed the, uh, you know what was going to happen at number 10 uh, Judy it was just too good, I think, too good of a guy here for the Jets to pass on. Yeah, and that's why, you know, we mentioned, like, some of those teams behind him. You know, how much do the Raiders love him? Um, how much How much do the Niners love him? You know, would they take him, let's say, in that scenario if they traded up to number 10? And, and that's what I'm saying. I think you look at some of the scout stuff. I don't know how much really separates these three receivers. And as you said, we'll get to the other one here in a second. And, and this is always the fun part of it because we don't know exactly what's going to separate these three. Probably fit's going to be one of the most important things uh, in terms of, of maybe you know who they're catching the ball from. Uh, it's going to make a big difference right out of the gate. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know what's going to separate these receivers. But uh, if you're the Jets – Knowing that you know you, you need a, a really good receiver to add to the mix, and you're trying to read both things on offense, uh, Jerry Judy uh, makes a lot of sense for the Jets. Well, no reason to, to have any suspense with this next one. Um, the Raiders are on the board with the number 12 pick. Uh, we mentioned you know potentially some trade possibilities for the Raiders. Uh, I think there's a scenario where even if the the other wide receivers on the board here, they could potentially trade down. If, let's say, they prefer the other two ahead of them, uh, but uh, we don't know exactly what that would look like for the Raiders, so we'll keep it simple here. And uh, the Las Vegas Raiders, I almost said the Oakland Raiders, um, we'll select uh, C.D. Lamb with uh, the number 12 pick here, as we said. No surprise probably to see three receivers go uh, consecutively uh, in this part of the draft um, if you know we have the trade up here that we expect. Uh, but either way, even if the Niners stay at 13, I think you would still get three receivers in a row here, uh, probably with the Jets, Raiders, uh, and Niners in some form or fashion. Um, so, you know, I mean, C.D. Lamb, as we said, I mean, he's just someone that, you know, Raiders need a playmaker, right? They need someone to, mm-hmm. to add in on offense. Uh, Tyrell Williams, uh, you know, I mean, they – I think when he came in, I mean, look, he, he – he, played very well at times with the Chargers, but uh, you still need more weapons on that offense. Darren Waller emerged. We know they have Josh Jacobs in the backfield. Uh, quarterback situation, who knows, with Derek Carr and Marcus Mariota now. Uh, but uh, CeeDee Lamb seems to be the safest pick for the Raiders if they stay at number 12. 
Yeah, it makes sense uh, from a lot of different points of view for them. I did, uh, you know, kind of think if I had been here, maybe I would have thought about still a, a corner or a different position yeah. just because they have that number 19 pick. And yeah. uh, But even then, uh, you know, with what we talked about with what the Cowboys and Broncos might want, I don't know if T. Higgins will still be there at 19. You've seen we've seen uh, the Raiders take him in a number of mocks at 19. So in this in this point of view, yeah, I mean it, they're going to be happy with C.D. Lamb. I don't think they're unlike the Niners where we really saw Rugs fitting so well into what they want to do. I don't think the Raiders were as picky necessarily. And uh, as they move to Las Vegas, I mean getting another really big weapon. Uh, whenever I think of whenever I hear C.D. Lamb's name, I just hear Gus Johnson calling an Oklahoma game in my <laughs> mind. Uh, just making so many big plays for the Sooners over the years. Another guy that was just, uh, just you know, you're, you're watching the game, and it's just it looks like he's on a different level out there sometimes yep. in terms of his – and underrated, really, with his burst and his acceleration sometimes, too. So, I mean, these guys are all – I mean, there's a reason that we talked about the receiver being such a premier uh, – there's so many premier receivers in this draft, that, uh, what it did to suppressing the, the free agent market. And now, yeah, after a quiet top uh, nine <laughs> without a – receiver going here we are we're just all going all in on the skill positions yep and uh speaking of all in uh got a lot of that all in action dylan over at bet online because uh currently there's no nba nhl or mlb uh, going on and as we continue to say you might think there's nothing to bet on but you would continue to be wrong uh, because our exclusive partner bet online still has hundreds of events games and props to wager on speaking of all in uh, they've got their online casino to poker and blackjack they are always bringing Vegas to you. So if you're missing the NFL, uh, no problem at all, because now Bet Online has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations that you can bet on. Uh, plus, you can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, the stock prices, and even uh, the established the past favorite, Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. They're all open 24 hours a day. They're all online. Just use the promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word. Uh, to join today and receive your new welcome bonus, that is Bet Online, your online wagering solution. All right, so we've got uh, C.D. Lamb headed to the Raiders at number 12, and now the pick at number 13 is the Cleveland Browns, uh, who moved back from number 10 in that trade with the Niners. And, uh, Dylan, I think this is pretty <laughs> obvious. Uh, with these three receivers off the board, uh, I think we know where the run is coming now uh, in terms of position, and it's going to start uh, right here with the Browns probably at number 13. Yes, absolutely. And look, as we look at this, we kind of figured this was going to be the case. The same, all the offensive tackles are there. Ten are still here. So, I mean, picking up whatever they could, whether it be from the Broncos or the Niners in this scenario, uh, worked out really well for them. I'm definitely thinking of two guys in this spot. As much as Werfs, I believe he probably won't be too long until he's off. I think left tackle is definitely where the Browns are putting their focus. So you got a couple good options, given what Andrew Brown from Georgia was able to play on. Uh, you know, started at right tackle, played left a lot of, towards the end of his career there. And he's a guy that just overall, I mean, some of the pancake blocks he sees are like the kind of highlights. You see Quentin Nelson stuff uh, in the NFL currently. So I, I really did think about him. But at the end of the day, I think they're going to go with maybe not necessarily a safer pick, but they're just going to look at all 364 pounds of Makai Becton from Louisville <laughs> and are going to say, look, we need someone to protect Baker Mayfield. Last year we got caught on that hype train about, all the talent they had on offense, and we're like, look, the offensive line is a problem, but they'll figure it out. They did not figure it out at all, and it was the, it was the theme of the year. It was was Baker just, as soon as he got the ball, just rolling right almost every single time, expecting pressure from that left side. So I think, yeah, Andrew, I don't think they can go really wrong here with Becton or Thomas, but between the two, I mean, Mekhi Becton just 
maybe uh, in their mind will be a safer selection. Being able to get him at 13 is still a really great value. There's some mocks where the guy's going really high in the top 10. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Beckton here for the Browns at 13. Yeah, like the more I think about this, the more I look at our, our board here, like I don't know why if you're the Browns, it let's say it plays out very similar to what we have in the top nine. So let's mm-hmm. say, even if it's a different player, let's say the same positions are selected, which, again, the likelihood of that happening probably slim. But let's say it's possible. If you're the Browns, like, I don't know why you don't move down. Like, I mean, I think at that point, knowing that the three teams behind you are all trying to get these receivers, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, at that point, I'm like, I'd be making every call I could to say, hey, who wants who wants to come up? The Jets, the Raiders, the Niners, the Broncos, come on up. Like, <laughs> give us your best deal. Uh, because, again, knowing that they're probably going to get the second best tackle, um, you know, aside from this. Now, again, I think there is a scenario Let's say the Giants throw everything off, which would not be the first time the Giants have done that, um, and took one of these tackles at number four. Then, you know, maybe you're having some things switch around a bit. Um, If one of those goes as high as four on our board, you know, the first tackle didn't go until number eight. So uh, that could also throw some things off uh, there for the Browns. But, yes, uh, Mekhi Becton, a good pick for the Browns and uh, one of several offensive linemen here (laughs) likely in a row. And that brings us to number 14, which – I think, Dylan, I must say, I think a masterful trade uh, on my part for the Cardinals (laughs) to move back from number eight because, quite frankly, if they had stayed at number eight, I'd be taking the same guy I'm taking right now at number 14. And so there's your incentive if you're the Cardinals and everything plays out this way uh, because I would be running to, uh, again, not to the stage, uh, I guess to the Microsoft (laughs) Surface um, to to make the selection with number 14, and I would run up quickly and select Tristan Wirfs, uh, the offensive tackle from Iowa, uh, because and, and I think it goes back to what we said with the three receivers. Like I think these, even the four, like we we took one of the white, we took one of the offensive tackles at number eight, but of any of these four guys, I think you could see them go in any order. Um, and I don't know, like it's probably just about fit and, and who winds up, you know, playing on which side of the line or where they need it. Um, but I think Tristan Wirfs very, could very well, honestly, we talk about the giants, like I, even the giants, yeah. I think could, could select him at number four. So if he's here at number 14, I think the Cardinals would have to be thrilled, uh, because he's another one of these linemen that you just look at, at his numbers. Uh, you look at kind of how he dominated at Iowa, uh, again, mostly on the left, mostly at left tackle. We did play some right tackle too. Either way, I think the Cardinals, this is a no brainer if he's there at 14. No, like you said, I think they made it out well here because for the Buccaneers going into that, I know we were kind of teasing that trade from the last episode, but we had them trade up to number eight to make sure they got their guy in Jedrick Wills. But they probably would have been pretty happy with how everything else played out after them. They could have probably sat here at 14 and been perfectly happy taking one of the guys available, maybe even Thomas. But, yeah, Tristan Wirfs for the Cardinals. In terms of receiver, uh, you got DeAndre Hopkins now. I don't think they're (laughs) – as worried about finding, uh, getting trading up into that top three. It just makes a lot of sense with what they want to do with Kyler Murray and being able to help him there. Um, and, you know, they have, have DJ Humphreys in there now. I mean, their they're offensive line, they're definitely a team trending up in that whole division, as we've talked about a few times. Uh, it's 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 pretty ridiculous, uh, <laughs> even, the, even with the Rams not necessarily being the most inspiring with some of their moves. I still think all four of those teams, you could see a reasonable scenario where any of them gets, you know, at least a – that seven seed now that is being added to the end of the wild card. So great pick, I th- yeah, for the Cardinals. It works out really well for them to, to get that, get more draft capital, and overall, just uh, this rebuild is accelerating faster and faster. 
Yeah, there was a rumor, I think, that uh, Kyler Murray was pushing for the Cardinals to potentially reunite him with CeeDee Lamb. Uh, but uh, I, like you said, I don't think that. I mean, look, you wouldn't, you'd love to have in that offense. I mean, Cliff Kingsbury would love to have another receiver. But um, I just think you got to go in the offensive line category here for them. Uh, but we'll see if that's what they uh, wind up doing uh, there in that spot. So another offensive lineman off the board, and that leads us to number 15, which uh, I am not in Dylan's war room, but uh, I am willing to bet that we are going to see another offensive lineman off the board at 15. Yeah, it's and it's for me at this point for Denver from their point of view. Yes, receiver obviously needs a lot of attention beyond Portland Sutton, but I, I you know with their young quarterback and Drew Locke and what they want to do with him, I think you have a similar uh, point of view in terms of improving their offensive line. It was it was fine at times, but by all means, not one of the stronger units. So a guy that I yeah, again I've mentioned how this his highlights really stick out. You know, for offensive linemen, a lot of times they don't get a ton of clout for the you know the really great play that they have in college uh, a lot of these guys if you're watching them week to week it's uh, you're not noticing them for a good reason because no one's getting through them but then you watch someone like Andrew Thomas from Georgia and he's just destroying people constantly uh, I think for Denver it's uh, at this point with what's available uh, too easy to not uh, you know to go in a different direction I would not think anyone other than Andrew Thomas here a guy that again I from the Browns point of view almost was going to go with him there I yeah. uh, would have thought of him for a lot of teams even higher up but now here at 15 I think Denver despite uh, losing out on the sweepstakes for the number 10 spot and possibly Judy or Ruggs I think they'll be perfectly happy taking uh, Andrew Thomas instead yep that's what we're saying I think the Broncos and, and they were one of the teams with the Broncos the Bucks, and the Falcons were teams I think it was Peter Kings or one of the other uh, Monday morning comp. It may have been Albert mm-hmm. Bruce. I don't know. But uh, one of them, you know, mentioned that those were three teams specifically that were trying to trade up. Uh, so it's just, you know, basically a race to see. Um, we, we already had the Bucks trade up to eight. So um, maybe these next two picks here with the Broncos and the Falcons, one of those teams could replace the Niners and maybe yeah. potentially move up to that number 10 spot with the Browns, which – I think in that scenario, the Browns may still be in a, a spot where they can get one of these linemen and, and have a chance uh, to make it work. So uh, there you go. Broncos taking another offensive lineman. So we had three receivers go in a row. We've now had three offensive tackles <laughs> go in a row. And now I think is where uh, things get interesting because you're going to have a lot more variety probably with the picks uh, beyond the number 15 spot. And that brings us to the number 16 pick, uh, which will be uh, the one we'll wrap up with here on part two of our mock draft, and that is the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, We just said they could be one of the teams that are looking to move up. Uh, If they did, I would still think that the Falcons would would probably be trying to address a need on defense instead of offense. Mm -hmm. Um, That would be my guess. And so uh, we'll stick with the Falcons on the defensive side of the ball. Um, good luck trying to figure out who they could select here because they have a lot of needs on defense. And, <laughs> and, and honestly, of all these teams we've talked about, you know, I, I feel like we've at least identified maybe two spots for some of these teams saying, okay, we could see them go with this position or that position. I think it's much more wide open with the Falcons uh, because they have several spots on defense that, that need help. Um, and, and that's why I'm, I'm probably going to go more with, um, you know, the, the secondary part of the equation and mm-hmm. I'm going to, for the Falcons, select uh, C.J. Henderson, the uh, quarterback out of Florida. Uh, we've seen some mock drafts, and we talked about the Raiders earlier, uh, where yeah. the Raiders could be a team. And I think Mel Kuyper actually was one of the ones that had it, 
uh, had the Raiders taking him at number 12. So I, if he's there at 16, I, again, another one of those that feels like pretty much if you're the Falcons, you're running up and saying, okay, we've got to make this pick. Um, but because I don't know that there are options, I think for the Falcons there that they could go with, you know, Caleb on chase on from LSU. Um, there are other guys around that spot. Uh, I don't know if they would go with Xavier McKinney. We talked about that before we started recording, uh, may not at safety. They may still be, you know, okay there. I don't think there's any way that a, mm-hmm. a Derek Brown slides down to them. Um, you know, Javon Kinlaw potentially, let's say the Jags traded out of that. Then if you had that domino effect to where maybe no one's in need of a defensive player, he could go to 16. That would maybe be best case scenario. Uh, but either way, I think taking Henderson here just probably makes too much sense for the Falcons. It's a big blow for me yeah, with the 19th overall <laughs> pick in the Raiders because that was definitely who I was thinking of. There's still, yeah, a couple uh, top end safeties that I'm sure will not go too far into our next episode. But uh, the Raiders could look at a 19, but I, I just felt like the corner position and the potential for C.J. Henderson to be a number one corner. We were talking before the podcast, Matt Miller uh, from Bleacher Report has said that there's multiple uh, teams that have Henderson above Akuda uh, as the number one corner on their board. So to, to get a guy like that this far in, and obviously in a division like the Falcons, but as you said, they have so many issues on defense, but you're, you're facing Drew Brees and Tom Brady. You're facing Mike yeah. Evans, Chris Godwin, Michael Thomas. I mean, you... <laughs> It's not like CJ is going to be able to handle those guys on his own necessarily, but yeah. um, I think it is a, an important spot here for the Falcons. It makes a lot of sense with what they've built on the, the rest of their team. Yeah, safety-wise, uh, can give away with it a bit more maybe. I think there's a premium here, um, and uh, you know, clearly uh, two corners that now have gone off the board that are just on a on kind of a different plane on their own. And so, yeah, for the yeah. Falcons, I think at this point, it makes a lot of sense um, given what uh, they really need to do next year. Well, there you go. Already ruining uh, draft picks for part three of our mock draft. <laughs> uh, that is what we do here um, as we are having our strategy put together. And, uh, we, of course, the part three is going to start in a very interesting spot because uh, the Dallas Cowboys will be on the board at number 17 when we go to part three of our draft. And as we said, I think I think Jerry Jones getting a little antsy. And um, I don't know that he's going to stay there at number 17, but also don't know what he's going to give up. Uh, to move up into one of those spots because I don't know that there's anything at 17 um, where they're just, I don't know. Like, I think that that they may be one that moves up to get one of those receivers, but we'll see uh, what happens with the Cowboys. But, Dylan, uh, another part uh, in the books here for our mock draft, and we have a lot of great draft stuff going up over clutch points, uh, lots of rumors, lots of uh, all kinds of stuff, just trying to find the right uh, fit for some of these players. Um, (laughs) Let everybody know where they can find everything we have going on. Can read, yeah, all of our draft, uh, all the news, rumor coverage. We've had a lot of uh, content up on historical best picks, worst picks by different teams. So, yeah, you can read all that at clutchpoints.com under the NFL section with the NFL tab right there on the top of the homepage. You can also download the Clutch Points app in the NFL section there. All of our written content, our podcast uh, lives there as well as obviously Apple, all the places you can listen to podcast so yeah excited to do the last couple final parts here and then we're going to have one more episode i believe right before the draft starts and then we're also planning to have one the night of the uh after the first round we have some reactions that will come out that friday afterwards we might do some uh might do our our biggest predictions or our, our most confident predictions 
Uh, we may do five each or something, and that one leading up to the start uh-huh. of the draft. I think that could be fun because we've gone back and forth on some of these, so it may uh, it may test our knowledge a bit uh, to try to figure out how we're <laughs> going to predict, and we'll see who maybe is right or wrong. Uh, but it's also going to be fun to look back at our mock draft and see where we got things right uh, and where some of our picks just went off the rails because of uh, <laughs> some of these trades. Most uh, likely. <laughs> I'm telling you, Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones is going to be the one that throws off our entire board here. Uh, but uh, we'll see. Like you said, though, check out all the stuff at Clutch Points. Great stuff going on over there. Uh, the draft, uh, NFL, we've also got NBA stuff all over the place. Uh, check all that out, and be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Uh, that way you don't miss our upcoming episodes here on the draft. And, again, go back listen to part one if you want uh, our one through eight picks and uh, a lot more picks uh, on the way here. So uh, thanks, as always, to the fine folks at uh, Blue Wire and Bet Online for all that they do. And thank you, as always, for listening. And we'll talk to you guys next time here on the Established the Past podcast.